You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Entering the vicious circle. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. I'm the man when I walk, the ground shakes. I am the master. That was awesome, dude. It had a little bit of a twist of all my musics. In the right? The cycle music at the end was, the, I think the end right there sounded like skyscraper music a little bit. <laughs> uh, somewhere at the end right there. When and, I got uh, hold that of, was That was really cool, man. When I got a hold of Mike Treblecock, I said, do you ever follow wrestling? He goes, yeah. And I remember, you remember Sid Vicious? Oh, yeah. He goes, just a second. And then he sent that song. And it's like, yeah, that's. That's awesome, dude. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> So welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, how you doing? Doing good, Rob. How you doing today? I am doing really good. I'm excited for this episode. Me too, uh, for lots of reasons. The big reason, though, that I wrote down in the title, this is number 52. This is our one-year show. Wow, man. All right. Way yep. to go. Our one-year anniversary. Excuse me. You got to be a tough dude to put up with me for one year, Rob. <laughs> nah, it's a walk in the park. Uh, you're just being kind. Central Park. But Something I've kept for one year, Rob. Look at that. Yes. That Chatham-Kent International Film Festival. That's last year's program. Yep, it is. I like it. That, I like we were talking, I think I left that there. Uh, last time I was there. Oh, my God. What was that? Oh, my God. When was the last God, time? You know, Rob, that's what I was thinking about today, too. I've lost something here. Um no, I was thinking about that. You know, it's been so long since you've been here. You know, we had our little gig going. You'd come here. You know, you'd come out every six or seven weeks or something. I forget how often. But, um, man, it's been a long time, dude, since yeah. since we got this started, since you've been here. Yeah. You know, God, it's been what? Since last year? Yeah, I'm thinking October. Yeah. Wow. I didn't I, realize it'd been that long. Me too, Rob. Me too. Wow. When, when you're having fun, they say time just flies by. <laughs> it does. You know, it's been, this has been fun for me, Rob. It's taken me, I guess, to this 52 episode to feel comfortable with this. I'm finally feeling comfortable where I feel this is something I've done 52 times now. And yeah, I can see you growing more and more into it. And just throw this up quick. There's Donna saying, evening, guys. Hey, Donna. <laughs> listen, to, listen tonight, Donna. I've got some confessing to do about the civil war and uh things i've said in the past well well why don't we jump into it what's one of the things you wanted to talk about the first part now just just to recap the right. first part, we are going to be political we are going to be climate like everything going on right now and then right. the second half into wrestling 
Right, right. And this is something too, Rob, I want to tell people tonight too, is that we might be political, uh, say in the first part of these uh, podcasts, and then next week or the week after, we might, and we'll let, try to let people know, then the next show might be, the first half might be, uh, again, music or uh, the sh- like something I like to talk about is, uh, um, you, know, you like talking about films uh, on the movie uh, Pothouse, movie Madhouse. We could talk about some things like the uh, documentary Kid Burns did <clears throat> with country music. And that's going to be a part of some things I'm writing about. And so we can talk about some of those things. But nice. We talk about that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Ken Burns tonight. Something I saw just last night that sort of gave me a different perspective on all this stuff going on right now. The Civil War. And then I think it had some, I think what Ken Burns said last night, I don't think he knew he was saying what's going on today, but it sort of did reflect on what's going on in our uh, world today, especially in our streets and our um, the climate. Uh, not just climate change, but I'm talking about the climate that people are in right now, Rob, with the coronavirus, the, the Black Lives Matter. People, can't, you know, all the problems about that, meaning we can't just say Black Lives Matter and, and people doing Black Lives Matter can't stop burning down buildings. Uh, that's what I want to talk about, too. First of all, I want to say this. Donna and uh, everybody else I bet on this about Donald Trump losing the election. And I said this for the last two years, but I said this, and I don't know if people have heard this, that I've never voted. I've never really followed an election until this one. Because traveling my whole life, you don't have time. I do remember a little about uh, <clears throat> Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Senior and Junior. I remember about their uh, uh, presidencies. I remember a little bit about Clinton. We can watch things on TV and don't get brought up to speed on those things. But <clears throat> again, I never watched a whole uh, election until I watched the, as the election started last year, as the votes started counting. I watched Trump win, and, I, and then we're all forced to follow up with this uh, presidency or politics, even if we don't want to, because that's all that's on TV, especially uh, uh, special thanks to CNN News, MSNBC. I saw a thing last night fully on Viceland. Guys, check out Viceland. It's a really cool channel. It was a uh, show talking about the Bernie blackout. And if, if news stations can do that to someone and put, you know, again, uh, you got to see it for uh, I, I won't explain it, but what, pretty much long story short, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and a few more of these big media stations, they just, um, they tuned Bernie out, even when he, he you know, all things history says, you won those first three primaries, you're supposed to win the whole thing. They, again, they stole that from him. So again, I don't want to go into all of that right now, but I do want to talk about this, and CNN, unfortunately, is part of it. So Rob told me a few weeks ago to start watching Fox a little bit. Now, I gotta, I'm going to educate everybody a little bit. I've only been watching the news. And I only listen to the news since the coronavirus. Because me and Rob talk about it a lot. It is something I've been interested in uh, for many reasons. So, again, I have been watching that in the morning when I get ready to go work out or something like that. Um, instead of listening to my – you won't have the volume on all the time, but I'll have my stereo on. And I'll listen. I'll look at the ticker or catch a little bit of the, about the deaths and stuff. So that's all I've been watching is CNN. I haven't been watching anything else. Last few weeks, I've been watching PBS and a little bit of Fox now, uh, and it puts a whole different light on things. So I'm going to go back. I would have never said again first. I would have never been so brazen to say Donald Trump wasn't going to win this election. I thought, first of all, more people were going to run against him. I just assumed, and I don't know why, because, again, I don't know a lot about politics, but I don't know why someone, and I'm this is probably the last time I say this because I've really lost faith in the guy. I don't know why someone like Colin Powell didn't run. 
Uh, again, what history's taught me about great presidents is that our great presidents like Teddy Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, or he didn't serve in the war, he was part of the war. It's people like that. George Bush Sr., I think that's why he was such a good president. He was in World War II, uh, ser served as one of the original Black Sheep Squadron, was shot down the ocean. Again, was a lifetime politician. If you listen, watch the history about him, you think he's got to be also one of our great presidents. But the, so that's what I'm looking for. Someone like that. Colin Powell, yeah. which came across to me as one of the, no, to, across to me as the most, the smartest of all guys I've seen in politics. You know, never look, it seemed to me he never read off a teleprompter or uh, a, a piece of paper or anything like that. It seemed like all this was natural to him. He just seemed like a natural leader for us. And, and that has a lot of people agree with me, even people. They were so far right, Rob, that I would say confidently that you could call them somewhat racist. So they used the N-word, and but they still, when I brought up his name, they said the same thing. Yeah, I like seeing president. So I know this guy would have just won it by a landslide. Mm -hmm. But so, but there's other people out there. Uh, if you look at businessmen, why didn't Warren Buffett or Bill Gates run, you know, instead of Donald Trump? Uh, they're, they're supposed to be smart people. Anyway, what I'm getting to is this. I thought there was going to be more people run. And as we know it as right now, even Donald Trump, I think, said that he would rather run against Biden than Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders was more, uh, they were more excited about Bernie. And that's what Trump sort of brings to the table, excitement. So I still think it's going to be hard for him to win, even though it is against Bernie Sanders. I do think Bernie Sanders, and I'm not saying this to be mean to him, I think there's something wrong with him. Um, I, I, I've saw since Fox has been talking about it, I noticed the other morning, uh, morning for last, they were showing speeches to him. And when he was younger, he was, man, there was nothing. He was talking, bing, 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 bing. There was nothing wrong. But now there is something wrong. This is something, too, I never thought in my life, and I, I'll say this about Donald Trump, too. He's too old. We don't need someone that, like Biden, he's saying, okay, he's been, he said this several times. I'm not even going to run but four years. I'm not going to run the second term. I've never seen, uh, presidency start off like this one someone so hated as Donald Trump and then someone like uh, Biden he's probably equally as hated from the other side but he's saying I'm not going to run but this one term and again what he's done to what I've seen since I've been watching more news stations is he's he's allowed these protests to go on so all right Real quick, when I said a comment, to, and I think it bothered Maggie, I said that I was a little embarrassed about the Civil War. You know, I watched that Civil War documentary the other day, a part about it, about Ken Burns, that it was the worst war. It was one I think we all should probably still be, not maybe embarrassed, but wish it hadn't happened. Because yeah. uh, so many people died, and for the wrong reason. So, so many of those young kids on both sides didn't know what they were signing up for. Uh, they didn't know that they were going to go stand 20 yards from each other, shoot each other until they were dead. You know, they, again, they didn't know that. Uh, so I still think it was a horrible war. But so now when I see these saying, Rob, I want for a second when I talk about this part of it, I want you to pull up all these monuments oh, that, have yes. been, that have been torn down and taken down. Now, this is what I will say. <clears throat> Are you going to roll that for me, Rob? I am right oh. now. What I'm going to say about this monument situation, everyone, is this i've from what i've seen or heard and know about history that teddy roosevelt 100 years ago 100 years ago passed a uh, a law or a, wrote something in congress or the senate or somewhere saying that you know once uh, uh, the president made something a monument you couldn't tear it down now 
I know if you want it tore down, I've said to this people that <clears throat> want these things tore down, you got to do it the right way. Look at all these pictures of people doing this. All right. So they're not doing the right way. They're taking it down without the, without doing it legally. So I'm going to say this right now <clears throat> about this election. If you want this to continue, then you don't do anything about it. But if you want this to stop, and this is something that you're concerned about, and this means the monuments, the protests in the streets, you got to get out and vote. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not saying that against Joe Biden or Black Lives Matter or nothing like that. But right now, in my opinion, and I'm an independent, and independents are like one third of, and I saw this last night, of, of, of our population. It's just when it comes down to voting, one third goes one way and one third goes the other. And the other third, they don't really, they're not sure where they're going. All right. So, Again, if this matters to you, any of these subjects, you know, you better get out and vote. We're going to have a chance on losing, losing these monuments. And that's why I think it's more important than I thought maybe. I always thought they were important, guys. I never thought because I, I thought Trump was not, wasn't going to win the election. I never thought the monuments were, or, or, or people that were served in that war weren't important. And that to me is what I saw after watching that documentary, a part of it. That's what hit me about Ken Burns when he said that this war, everything in our country, the first half it built up to the Civil War in that part. And then everything is after the Civil War is is has been the second part of our country, meaning where we are today, everyone, in our systemic racism and our inequalities and stuff like that. So to make this better, we have got to make the right decisions, meaning we don't tear things down. We don't burn things down. We go to court or we go to the lawmakers and try to get this done right. Because what's going to happen, you're going to, the people that are in the middle, you're going to run them away. And now, Rob, the one thing um, uh, I've always said, I've, I've never voted, but I think if I, I have to consider myself a Republican just because big fans of, again, Teddy Roosevelt, Lincoln, and I like George, both George Bushes. Uh, again, if we don't get out there and vote, guys, this is going to be taken away from people that matters to and so I'm sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. So with knowing this, what Ken Burns said, after hearing all that, I thought about it for a second. And if all the people that died in that war on both sides, that is the reason we can't take up those statues. Because they died for that, y'all. It's not uh, Robert E. Lee. It's not um, Thomas Jefferson. It's not Benjamin Franklin. It's not what they did. It's what they, those guys, how they died in that war. <clears throat> and that's the reason I just, it came to me just as watching that. We can't tear those things down, guys. Even though I, again, I'm still going to stand where I think the Civil War was the worst war. Now, a lot of people know this and a lot of people don't, Rob. You know, the Civil War wasn't started over slavery. Do you know that? I, you and I have talked about this. Okay. The Civil War. Now, we'll all agree. This is the Civil War. It would have probably came to a war over slavery. Okay. So that probably would have happened. The Civil War started over the Confederate Army shooting, I think, sinking a ship that was going to Fort Sumter in South Carolina. And Lincoln said in his, you know, his speech and what he, um, and of course, I saw this on the Civil War thing. He said, if you fire onto this ship, it'd be the same as you're firing onto your country and he said there won't be a there will be no guns in that boat 
just women, children, and food and supplies. And they sunk that, okay? And that's how the war started. Now, that's what history says to us. But again, it would have probably came down to it. The Mastipation Proclamation, however you pronounce that, that wasn't really to uh, free the slaves. What that said, and I saw a black lady say this last night, uh, I can't remember her name on the Civil War thing. She said, the master, ma, what is it? Ma, um, um, emancipation Proclamation. Emancipation Proclamation. It said this, only for the black people. If you can run away and get yourself up here, you can fight in this war. <laughs> that's what it said to the poor black people. Again, um, that's why when uh, they're getting their freedom, uh, uh, I don't know how it all happened, but they said a guy in Texas was actually one that gave it to him or actually freedom. But again, guys, if we'd been held back like that for 400 years, we'd be wanting to jump out and probably do some of these things too. Yeah. And I'm not saying give them a pass or stuff like that, but I'd like to see everybody be able to stop this and, and um, do like you're saying that you want to join together and make everyone feel in, at one. Yeah. I'm going to bring this comment up real quick. Uh, Giancomo said, any way to call in? I'd love to give him the opposite side's argument. Uh, what I'm going to say, Giancomo, is uh, email us, viciouscircleinfo right. at viciouscirclepod.com. We'll get you on the show. You know, right. Because, yeah, that's what this is. It's about debate. It's about, you know, because right. who knows? Maybe the facts we have are wrong. No, this thing is, I, I'm on the facts. I, I'm pretty good on facts, Rob. You know that. I don't try to say things that... Unless I've heard it and I can repeat it word for word. If I can't repeat it word for word, I'll say, I think it was this way it was meant. But again, <clears throat> now Kim Burns didn't say anything other than how the Civil War was, how our country was brought up to the Civil War and everything after that is the second part of our country pretty much. And I, I think he was right about that. Uh, he's not uh, the final word in history, but I think he's a pretty smart guy. Um, but again, uh, what I was trying to get to is uh, mostly is what I said about the Civil War um, that I felt bad about after. And I knew how many people died or around about how many people, but I just had forgot. And so that's why we can't do these statues, guys. Um, you know, like uh, we might in the somewhere in the future, if we could think of a better thing to do with them, another place to put them. Uh, we just don't take them up like and take them and burn them and stuff like that. I, I just don't want to see that. And I know other people don't want to see that. And again, I'm talking to the people that don't want to see that. You've got to get out there and do something about it. Well, and that's the interesting part because it is part of history. Whether it's good history or bad history, it's a part right. of history. Right. No, you're right. And you can't just wish away the bad parts. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, 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 you can wish it away. It doesn't mean it's, ever going, it's, it doesn't mean it's going to happen because it's not. We can forget it and try to move on, but it's, it's never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy just mentioned uh, the first one here. It said, uh, Rob, your podcast is pretty awesome. Be an honor to be one of your top fans. So we've got an amazing fan with Jeremy. I want to share this. Could I do that? Yeah, please. Right underneath the picture. If you're on Facebook, hit share and off it goes because then yeah. more people will be able to see this. But uh, yeah, and a lot of people have been have been commenting here. Uh, 100% agree with Sid. Facts are facts. And Sid tells them, yes. That's just Well, it. again, guys, I, I, I took Rob's advice and started watching more news instead of just one view. I, I I saw part of the Bernie blackout and it was knocking CNN. I didn't know that it was talking about all these other stations and what they do to people. 
um, again, I sound like a conspiracy uh, person uh, almost a little bit, but I just saw this last night. So I know I'm not making this up. <clears throat> and Viceland, guys, is a pretty reputable station. Uh, they might have stuff on there you don't agree with, um, but they're they're pretty much on the money. Uh, have been everything for me. Let me see here. I wanted to get up to this. Was this it? Willie. Oh, Sid for president. Oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> Willie, Rob for vice president. That would go. There on. you go, man. <laughs> uh, no, this is the thing is, I wish, you know, Rob and I, one of our big uh, or things we like to talk about and one of the things we're concerned with is it, it affects Rob and us here in the U.S. too is climate change. Yeah. And um, guys, is you know, this is something, too, that we can't wish that away. Uh, we can't be a Republican and say, okay, that's going to go away because I'm going to believe in fossil fuel to the day I die. This climate change is going to catch some of us. Yeah, uh, it, it has a better chance of catching Rob than me or someone older than me, but we're already seeing these things. And guys, I've said this before, and people are going to say, say this is a conspiracy thing. Rob, you know I'm not that, but this coronavirus, it looks as if this might have been created by this climate change. <clears throat> Simple. Our doctors, the one who are going over there and searching for the cause of this, they said before they could, before they, this is when they weren't allowed to go. They, what they thought happened was these bats had come from Brazil and Australia. They were stressed out that this kind of breakout couldn't have been caused by something out of a lab. That only something like this, meaning this is the reason why they're saying something, this big of a breakout had to be from animal to human. And this is the reason why. These bats were so, you know, bats we know, if you don't know this, you you can look it up. Bats are disease-carrying animals, okay? But they had these uh, really strong immune systems. They can fight through them. And, and then they can get through that uh, whatever disease and get, uh, get on really to the next one. <clears throat> what happened when these bats were collected from the Brazil rainforest and from Australia, they were coming out of those places that had been on fire. And these bats were stressed and they were excreting this virus out of their eyes and other parts of the body. So that's what they said. This is why this, this is how this happened. And this is why it happened so bad. So if, if that's right, and I'm not going to go out and bet $50. That's right. Like I did with Maggie, that Trump isn't going to be president anymore, but I'm going to say there's a good chance that that's going to be right. It feels like it. And again, but that's just it. We're here to find, you know, some fact. Well, Rob, now think about this. I want you to tell people this. Now, again, while I'm sort of betting on things, is I, Rob doesn't know this, but I've told him this, and he's talked to the people I did this with. You know, I, I, I bet on the Chicago Cubs the year before they won the World Series. I just I had that feeling. I had that same feeling about this bat, the, about the virus. You know, Rob, I told you in the beginning of this thing, <clears throat> and it's going to look like I'm right now. Rob, you can say if I told you this or not. Remember I told you this, I said, I think what they're going to tell us in the future, Rob, that this is all going to be cured by the hurting, hurting, um, what do they call it? Hurting immunity. Hurt immunity. I've heard that mentioned more than the last three or four days. And I had the last yeah. six months. And now we're seeing countries that did do this like Sweden. And the thing is, guys, it's not just the U.S. doing bad. All the countries that are behind us, like right now, India. They're, they passed Brazil. They're fixing to pass us, meaning that everyone is making the same mistakes. They showed it on TV today or yesterday. The people in India are going, no, just because all of a sudden they got the thing controllable, then they went out without their mask. That's something too, guys. 
Rob, we can talk about a little bit is people have to wear your mask. They're saying right now that might save 150,000 people by December or 150,000 more people will die. This is what they're saying about the mask too, everyone. And even Fauci and them don't tell us this until it gets down the road because they're not either. They're, they, they're, they said they're learning as this, more about this as we go or they didn't want us to know about the hurting immune system deal or um, about the mask. I heard this the other day. They said we're going to have to wear masks for a year after the vaccine, maybe a year and a half, meaning the fact that that virus is still going to be here. We're going to, it's going to take us a year with everyone participating with a vaccine to be able to get rid of the mask in a year and a half. So that mask deal is not going to go away. No, not for it's a not, while. No, I'm telling you something too. This is the thing is, Rob, I talked about my uncle Bill, you know, my uncle is a, a head of a AIDS clinic in Florida. Um, and he's been working with um, viruses his whole life. You know, this is simple, guys. It, it isn't rocket science. We've got to wear a mask. We've got to social distance. We've got to wash our hands. Um, we just got to. And if we don't, this is the thing is, if say there is going to be 200,000 more people or 220,000 more people are going to die. And that's a, that's if everything goes right. Rob, I, we talked about it the other day. I don't want to be one of those 200,000 people. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, that's a lot of people. 200,000 people in 50 states, you know, add that up, multiple, you know, divide and multiply that. What do you want to do? That's a lot of people dying in a month, you know, they're saying up to 3,000 people a day in the U.S. in December. That's three times what the worst is for us right now. So, um, and this isn't the flu. No, no, it is not. <laughs> it is the flu. Guys, if this was the flu, would the NFL shut down? Would college football, college basketball, pro basketball, hockey, would baseball, would all this be going on if this was the flu? No, that's it part, wouldn't. That's the part that stings home for me. It's over the entire world. And right. it's shutting down businesses that have never been shut down before. Exactly. It doesn't shut down the whole world, guys, if it's the flu. Yes. Right. Now. So again, not to cut you off, Rob, this is what I want to say too, is that, you know, I went to, um, I was going up to Walmart the other day and I forgot my mask and I, they said you could go in, but I decided not to because I didn't want to offend anyone. So we can not wear a mask. And if we don't, can we say that then at that point, you're comfortable with making someone feel uncomfortable when you go into a public place, meaning that if you walk into a public place without your mask, you're the one making everyone comfortable. Is that fair for you to do? Or should you wear a mask just to be polite and think about other people, not just yourself or what your political stance is? Or if it makes you a little claustrophobic, then have someone else go to the store for you. Now, um, I saw someone out without a mask the other day. I'm not going to say anything to them, but um, it does concern me. I don't go anywhere without thinking about that. Even when I got my Bronco, the guys do a little work for me up there. When I go up there, I, freak, you know, I, I, I don't take my mask off because I know they don't wear them. So I don't want to um, make them feel bad, but I don't get within 20 feet of them. <laughs> you know, if you don't wear a mask and it means that much to you, you're going to have to talk to me across the parking lot, you know? Yep. No, no. <laughs> and that's the thing to remember, too, is when you're wearing a mask, it's, it's on your face for the other people. For the other people, guys. It's the same thing as just um, – 
Again, so, it's just saying you don't care about that, that other person. If I walk into a store and they have a mask on, they're protecting me. Why do I not care enough right. to protect them? Right, exactly. Well, what it is, it's helping both people. Uh, supposedly, it does help to prevent of spreading more than getting the disease. Um, but I think it probably equally helps both people. But again, just do it for both. Do it for yourself and do it for the other person, too. Exactly. Uh, if you're doing it for yourself, then you're doing it for your own family and people that you care about. There's a lot of people right now, the good friends of mine, I have not seen them in months. I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't. I know they're seeing people. I know they're going places without uh, without concern. And I'm not taking that chance. Even though the doctor, my doctor has told me I probably don't have to worry about it if I get it because I'm so healthy. I don't want to take that chance. That is a huge risk to take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, I wanted to get this up because I, I put it a bit for a second. Someone put on here, CNN is fake news. No. I, TJ, Robert, sorry, sorry. TJ put right after it. All of the news channels are fake news. They are. I tell you, the only thing is I have noticed about Fox, they're, they're almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. They're sort of goofy acting. But I saw today watching what I watched today. You know, they're not laying off that story about Trump. They, they attack Trump. About as often as anyone else does. Now they do show the other stuff. They show the the riots going on. They let you know the other stuff as well. But they give Trump a hard time too. Um, it's um, the people that really don't, guys, or don't give you as much as a hard time. They only tell they tell more of the truth. Or station like PBS, uh, Judy Woodruff. You no, know, again, I think she's one of the best news anchors there are. Um, she's boring, but she's pretty honest. I actually saw her a few nights ago apologize for something she wasn't correct on. I've never seen another news person ever do that. You know, she said, you know what? I said something earlier and I was wrong about that. I went, wow, man, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. It's interesting. You watch the news and you have to figure out the spin that they're putting on it. You do, Rob. You really do. CNN again, dude. I'm just, man, I'm just shocked. <laughs> you know, after I saw the Bernie blackout too, it's just, they weren't the only ones. It's, um, uh, the four major ones, they say. Uh, but again, CNN is just goofy fake. Well, I got into it with, uh, I think his name's Kyle Wittenhouse, the uh, the kid that went from uh, Iowa to another state to Kenosha and ended up killing two people and shooting a third. And he's, oh, being, yeah, yeah. he's being charged now. You listen to one side and he's a hero. You listen right. to the other side and he's a villain. And it's like, okay. So I did a big, a deep diving into this and uh, two of these channels that I watch a lot, they do police shooting breakdowns, right? They actually did breakdowns of all the video that they have of this. And if you take away the fact that he was underage, he should never have had the gun and he transported across state lines. Everything else he did was technically in self-defense. Oh yeah. Really? Yes. You know, um, because you see him at one point, he's running away from a guy firing a handgun in the air. Right. I remember the guy shot through the arm. He was on the ground when he shot the guy. Yes. I didn't see the other shootings. Yeah. So I got watching these and and nobody gave that spin, the good guys or the bad guys, like the ones right. that were villainizing or heroing. Like none of them gave that spin. Right. Until you get into the meat of the of the facts. And that's what news channels aren't doing. They are putting a lot of spin to get headlines. Right. Now I again I'm I'm sure it's against federal law to carry a, a, a firearm of that type across state lines. 
Oh, I mean, yeah. He's going to be charged for something. You know, yeah. when I, I think I told you this, Rob, when I went and took my handgun permit, they sort of talk you into shooting people. Uh, and they tell you, you know, this is why you're taking the handgun permit is to be able to shoot someone. And the, uh, and they said, even then when you shoot someone in self-defense and you're not, uh, you're 100% right to do it, you're still going to get sued. They're going to still bring charges against you. That's part of the process. Even if you're 100% not guilty. Um, so when I have to take the handgun permit, I was just like, man, I finally said, what if I don't want to carry a gun with me all the time? He goes, no, you must. And after I got out of that gun permit, hand, that hand, handgun course, I never even got a handgun. I said, I don't want one, man. Yeah. You know? um, there is one gentleman posting. I just want to put up because I'm curious. Um, Steve has been saying a lot of stuff. Um, he says COVID will go away after the election. These kind of things, it's like I would love to see the proof on this. You know, um, people are saying so many things. Like one of the other things he posted was Biden is a pedophile. Okay, where's the proof? Show well, me. now I did see this last night, Rob, for the first time on Bernie Black. It wasn't he's a pedophile, but he was and has been accused of uh, putting his hand up some lady's skirt. Uh, the uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign, I think they talked about it, but it didn't get any play during the Democratic convention uh, or the election part. Um, but they did bring it up. And I uh, talked to Jeff Arthur from Atlanta, Georgia. He said he heard it today, too, that has been brought up. So, again, both of these guys, y'all, <clears throat> they're both lying. Biden has lied about everything. He's for fracking. He's not for fracking. It on and on and on. We know that Donald Trump's a bad business guy, you know, but he has done some good things. You know, if you, of course, you hear, like you said, Rob, besides the both stories say he talks about that bill, that bill with China where all these billions of dollars go to the farmers. Well, I've heard some farmers say that they don't like that bill because they can't, uh, they can't make their own market for their crops. They have to take a set market. And sometimes you got a set market, you're not making any money. So these, again, they're both lying. Well, that's know? it. Right now, in your election, you have a politician, okay, and politicians, sadly, they, they spin things because they want to get elected. You know, right. um, I say some are more honest than others. Right. And then you have a businessman whose job it is to twist things so that you buy their product. Right. So you have these going head to head. You know, it's like, who do you trust? No, Rob, it's... Um... Again, I was hoping we was going to see somebody out there that we could trust. I really did. Uh, again, I, that's what I get for not knowing anything about politics. Uh, Eric came on and he said here, COVID won't go away for a while, not after the election. And no, science sadly says, this isn't Biden, this isn't Trump, this is science. That said, right. <laughs> this is the thing is, it's not going to go away. We might have a vaccine, even if we had it tomorrow. It's not going to go away, they say, for a year and a half after the vaccine. Oh, yeah, because the vaccine helps your immunity. It doesn't make it disappear. No, it doesn't make it disappear. And that's, again, uh, we can get mad at both sides of this. You know, Fauci, they had to have known this. And that's what I told you, Rob. I think that's why Donald Trump, and I'm not looking for an excuse for him, but I think when they started talking about this and they said, okay, this is how this last virus did and this is how all viruses work. We either find a vaccine, we don't, then we we get the vaccine to work and half the people are going to take it. The vaccine is only 50 to 75% effective. And then there's thing called immunity 
uh, herd immunity. And that'll probably work somewhere at the end. And if we don't get the vaccine, you know, in two or three years, we might lose two or three million people. But this thing's going to be it'll go away. So that's why I think Trump has been comfortable saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not uh, he's not a doctor. He's honest about that. So that means he's not smart for science. So he's heard that somewhere. Fauci and them were saying, yeah, that is somewhat true. And Rob, we've talked about this for four or five or six months now. Yeah. All I can say is if on November 4th, if suddenly COVID is gone, then there will be massive investigations all over the place. Right. Because this will be the most politicized thing ever. But with all the science that's involved, I am 99% confident that science is actually in charge no. here. Well, that's the reason, Rob, you and I, you know, we said this in the beginning that there's, you know, we, we were both probably 50, 50, wondering how this will work. And as time's gone by, we, we've both have gone to the side of science that I've said this and you have it. I said, Rob, there's still that 1%. And I, it looks yeah. like I could be one percent could be right that this thing is only going to get fixed with the herd immunity. Um, that's what it really might come down to. If it doesn't come down to that, it's going to be part of it because people are saying they're not going to take the vaccine. Yeah. Kamala Harris says she won't take it. She doesn't trust trust Trump. Again, that's a stupid thing oh. to say. Trump isn't coming up with a vaccine. Kamala Harris is a science. If they if the CDC and uh, World Health people, they said this. They're not going to put a vaccine out there just because Donald Trump wants it. That's not going to happen. No. And, when, and if you're smart, and I would like to think Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is, they know they're just saying that to uh, agitate people. Don't do that. No, uh, stick, stick with what you guys said you were going to do at the beginning. Like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, what I saw you know, through that deal on uh, Bernie Blackout, he was one of your most honest candidates. He really ha- found it hard to bash other people, um, even when he could. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, I, I think, again, Trump didn't want to run against him. You know, what I've, I've seen and what I'd like to see, i like to think in the next election, Rob, that we will find an independent, someone that's in the middle, that can bring us health care and then bring us, um, you know, climate change. And then also, get the economy going, lower taxes. Why can't we lower taxes and give people good health care? I just don't understand why we can't do the same. Right now, taxes will not be coming down because everybody's got trillions of dollars in um, payouts that they've made to people for the COVID, you know, and all that. So yeah, that unfortunately won't be happening soon. Any politician that tells you it will be is 100% lying. No, they got. They're gonna have to do a lot of stuff, Rob. I know. I go with uh, Anthony Fauci, Doctor Anthony Fauci, when it comes to anything involving the virus. And he was asked outright. He goes, "Look, if 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 this uh, company comes out with a vaccine, would you trust it with your family?" And he goes, "I would, because the FDA is not going to put a product out, no matter what anybody says, unless it's safe. Unless it's safe, Rob. So, if Doctor Fauci says it's good, no, I think." I think so. That's the one guy we can trust. Yeah. Jamie here mentioned too. He says, we've been dealing with COVID-19 in my city and that's why I can't go back to work until further notice. Wow. Yeah. So if, again, if that was just a flu, you'd be going back to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he said here, but I'm hoping we go back to work sometime next month. Yeah, I, I do too, Jamie. I hope you guys all get back to work. 
Oh, here's a good question for you from Jamie uh, Jeremy. I'm watching the NBA playoffs right now, so I'll be on at the same time. It's the Rockets versus Lakers. Who do you want to win this series? Well, I want the, the Lakers to win. Um, I'm a LeBron James fan. You know, I, I honestly thought he was – I still think he's somewhat be, you know, more fun to watch than Michael Jordan. But after watch that, watching that Michael Jordan thing, The Last Dance – he was pretty good too. I forgot how good he was, but I'm pulling for LeBron to be able to win another championship. Um, he's just, he's, he's, I, he's a big guy and that's why he's more fun to watch than Michael Jordan to me. He's just yeah. a mountain of a guy out there. Gotcha. I'm going to throw this one up too. Rocky Turner says, hope you guys are having a great holiday weekend. Sid, I'll be calling you Tuesday. All right. Uh, is running the virtual asylum on September 19th where you can, chat with Sid and get some pictures. That's it, y'all. Yes. A lot of people have been messaging, uh, uh, emailing in, and it's like, yep, check out Virtual Asylum. Check out Virtual Asylum because, like I said, you get to get a picture autographed right in front, just like this. Right. And you get to chit-chat for a minute or two. Yep. Yes. So check that out. Okay. I want to talk about something. It it goes with the COVID thing a little bit. All right. Now, um, and it's, to me, it's a little bit funny. And it goes out to that show I missed in New York. What was it? Uh, the last of last month. All right. Now, when I talked to the guy, Mitch, running that show, I told him from the beginning that this virus, and of course, we canceled the shows in the beginning because because the virus, the one I did in California and the one in New York as well. Then they opened things back up. But still, we know since they've opened things back up, even today or yesterday said now 25 new states are peaking high again. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to go into all of it. All right. So the weekend before um, the New York show, I was in California. Rob, you know what happened there? A guy coughed in my face and I was put on two flights. Excuse me, everyone. That there was a fight broke out in it, a man and woman. And it was, it was a sold out flight. Now I was told that there was social distancing on these flights. And when I'd gone to, um, the first leg of it going to Dallas, it wasn't full. So then the rest of the legs there to California and back were full. I would have never got on there. And then when I was in California going to uh, Dallas, when that lady and man got in a fist fight and the cops had to come pull them off, you know, I, I couldn't get in another place to sit because I couldn't get off the plane because I wasn't going to get home. You know, it was the last flight out of California. So if you're ever put in a position like that, stuck, can't get home and don't know what to do, and also you don't trust anybody around, that's the reason I didn't go to New York the next weekend. For the That's the main 99% of it. And this is the reason, part of it. Now, when I, that guy coughed in my face in California, nothing against Greg and his brother Anthony in California, it was uh, Ontario, California, but they didn't care about that. They didn't care that that guy just coughed in my face. Um and nothing against them. They don't need to care. They don't. I'm nobody to them. But this guy here now, when we're talking, I'm talking to Mitch over the phone. I said, and a friend of mine was going to meet me up there, Jeff Arthur, but he called up there, and the hotel told him that he might be quarantined. Now we thought it was because he was coming from Georgia. Now Mitch told me this himself. He said his wife said that they were checking people coming through the bridge from the airport or something, or where we're getting out of the airport. And if you were coming from somewhere or something, there was a chance they were quarantining people. And if he doesn't remember that, he just doesn't remember saying that. But that's what he said to me. He says, why? He said, said, said something similar to that. Again, that's re- the reason I didn't go. 
Uh, nothing against anyone. It's just I wasn't taking the chance. Um, and then the funny part about it was this. When I was going to California, I was I was telling honest with Mitch the whole time, the guy from New York. I just wasn't sure about it. I just still wasn't for sure. I said, Mitch, there's a lot of things could happen between – every time he called me, I said, Mitch is again – you know, uh, we could get a new spike from Arkansas, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of things happen. And then when I told him that when I was flying to California, I told him, I said, Mitch, we'll just see. He goes, he texted me. He said, I've got IBS. And you really got me nervous right now. <laughs> and I would call him. I said, what is IBS? He said, irritable bowel syndrome. He goes, really, man, I'm not joking, but I, I'm nervous as shit, literally right now. And I said, man, I said, well, I've got IBS too. And I started joking back with him a little bit. I said, I'm I said, I am going to be busy that weekend. I am doing the campaign managing for Joe Biden, and they've asked me to do it for Donald Trump now, too. I said, so, but you're welcome to come and help me. He said, no, Sid, really, honestly, are you going to be there? So I started ribbing him a little bit. But no, he knew from the beginning. I said there was a lot could happen. There wasn't anything he did, but I don't trust anybody. Um, you know, again, it's not for them. to. Uh, it was really up to them to be sure that guy didn't cough in my face. They should have had him wear a mask or something. And they pressure you, Rob, too. Like, and Greg uh, did it in California. He goes, well, I said, what? I asked him. I said, well, we're going to wear a mask. He goes, well, some people are, some people aren't. We can put a piece of glass up. They didn't have any of that there when I got there. And they had people coming up with the mask off. So they, again, don't fucking care. I hate saying that word there, but I'm saying that to emphasize the point here. And Mitch, you can say what you want, but you don't care either. Uh, and I don't expect you to, you know. Um, that's Again. the part right now is because, Why? you know, you can set up all sorts of precautions at the show. You know, like you said, they would put plexiglass or whatever and masks. Right. You got to get there. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. Even again, Rob, you got to get there. Again, sitting next to someone with them touching you, you can't get any closer to that. Even if they have a mask on, I was wearing two masks. You know, again, it's just I'm not going to. Now, I did hear, and a friend of mine told me that Delta does social distance on their flights. So, um, and see, I would love to look into that more because social distancing is great. You're still in a steel tube with recirculated air. So, how does that work? It's, it's not safe. So, uh, but again, um, it's still safer than elbow to, I mean, touching each other. You know, if there were seats in between you and uh, seats in between the people and seats in between, people fronting back into the side that would be under i think i i'd feel i feel safer still you know what happens you don't realize how safe you're going to feel or not feel until you get in that position now, the first part even though it was plenty of people spread out i still was a little you know oh man you know and then when it got full i was like man i don't want to be here period yeah. you know but you're stuck at that point if everyone noticed you i haven't got a haircut since the COVID thing too me neither. Have you? Oh, shit. <laughs> what happened there, man? Children. Okay. Let me see here. Uh, there's a little, uh, I'm going to say a little word war going on right now. So we need to, to settle this right now. All right. Steve, I think, started it. Who's Sid's favorite NFL or NFL team? Okay. Because Jeremy came in and said, his is the Patriots. And Jacobs says, nope, Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, I was always, I think we've all been uh, somewhat a Dallas Cowboy fan as we grew up. I'm uh, probably, I don't like the Dallas Cowboys anymore, but if I had to pick one, I don't like professional football. It's not because of the kneeling. 
And I, I stopped watching professional football a couple of years before the kneeling. I didn't like that either. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just the NFL and the NBA, they do not try. Uh, they'll purposely lose games and talk about losing games. Where I've heard Kobe Bryant go, oh, well, we just didn't really care about that game. And during a playoff, uh, you know, LeBron James, when he played for Cleveland the year, they actually won the, the championship. They could have been the number one seed, but they all choose to take off the night before. Uh, it's just, again, uh, I'm a college football and college basketball fan. That's where my, my love lies. But if I had to pick a team, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. So if XFL comes back, are you going to have a team there? No, and I'll tell you, it's even more boring than in the NFL because you don't have great athletes out there. And that's just the, that's what it amounts to, guys. There's this now. I heard The Rock bought that. I think it, if he could talk to XFL using that for a farm league, but you're not going to compete against the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. That's what uh, I was just checking. And yeah, August 2nd, 2020, him and his business partner, Danny Garcia, uh, when it purchased it for $15 million. That's a song and a dance. Uh, here's Jeremy. He says, everyone in my family are Chargers, Raiders, 49ers, Broncos, and Saints fans. I'm the only Patriots fan. Well, you know, I'm a Patriots fan for one reason. I'm a Bill Belichick fan. I think he's the best coach we've ever seen. I don't think we'll ever see another one like him. Um, again, I just like that no-nonsense stuff. I like authoritarian people. Um, I like leaders like that. I, I mean, yeah, if I was going to pick a team that's going to win the most Super Bowls in the next five years, I'd say the Patriots. And see, it's good to have diehard fans like that. Like, you know you're a dedicated fan when everybody else is on other teams and you still stick with yours. Like, right now, I'm a Tigers fan till I die. And I'm living near Toronto. Okay. The right. Blue Jays fans just want to pummel me. <laughs> right, right, right. But it tigers are in my blood. I just I can't. And that's, Detroit Tigers? Yep. Or I used to be a big Detroit fan too, especially, especially back in the day of Cecil Fielder. Yeah. He, even beyond that, before that a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that's when Detroit was fun to watch. I've got a lot of uncles and um and cousins that from Detroit and Pontiac, so I've always been close i had a partiality always partial towards detroit yeah i i don't know why i just fell in love with them me too i don't know why because i'm not from there but uh, same things just they were fun to watch i don't know why because they never win <laughs> but uh, they were winning a little bit back then they weren't winning world yeah. series but they'd win a few games they won the world series in 84 because i remember i had the t-shirt that said keep it alive in 85 and they didn't <laughs> they didn't know no. most teams don't Jeremy said he's an Oakland's fan when it comes to baseball and hockey. He's a Calgary Flames guy. Now, baseball, I'm always going to be a St. Louis fan, you know, because I'm so close to there. And, and if anybody knows anything about the history of baseball, uh, there's not a better fan than a St. Louis fan. They actually they cheer the other teams. Um, they're just it's a great place to watch a ball game. Um, and then the team's great. The fans are great. The city's great. It's just, you know, it's it, to me, it's, you don't get any better than that. Yes. National League. I like the National League better than American League. Uh, let me see here. Larry's got a question. What's his say? When are you covering the WWF 95 to 97 on the podcast? That's that's where we are now, actually. Right. We might try that next. Yeah. You know, especially, think, speaking, speaking of the WWF or the WWE, you know, I watched their show a couple of times in the last week. Where they do that virtual that um oh, oh it's called uh, Thunderdome Thunderdome 
that's pretty cool for what they're able to do. And honestly, it's probably more appealing to the eye for a wrestling fan than even before COVID for the WWE because uh, their crowds weren't much different, you know, and size-wise, you know, you know, meaning there wasn't a lot of people before COVID. But this seems to be one of the things, if you notice this or not, Rob, those people are easier to program. They boo at the people they want them to boo, and they cheer on who they want to cheer. That could be a big plus for them going into uh, post-COVID. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you'll have those people, like that fat guy, where his name is, does Caterpillar. He's hideous. But they got that thing ramped up when he's doing that stupid Caterpillar thing. And, you know, why I call it stupid? They've done that 2,000 times or 2,000 other people. And it's just, again – I wish they could say, okay, I, can, I thought of something new. You know, um, even if you had to go, I don't know how you find it. There's a bunch of ways to find something new. If you don't know, figure it out. But again, just, I don't know. But again, that will help struggling people, uh, a struggling territory like they were struggling. So now it will program. They used to they used to pipe in noises a long time ago to crowds, the ones they taped, you know, to try to oh, yeah. get the people, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, they did that all the time. So. Um, this they're, they're going to have what, however many months doing this to get their fans saying, okay, when this person comes out, you boo them. When this person comes out, you cheer them. So I, I think that could be an advantage for them. Again, the, the crowds weren't, you know, any more exciting than they are with that virtual thing, meaning that the people didn't get with them sometime. You know, with this thing, you're pushing buttons and they're getting with it. And it, it's got a cool aesthetic, too, when you have all the screens, you know? Well, that's the thing is, too, Bob. We know that they only had, like, some of their TV tapings. There was only one section of the building. You know, with this Thunderdome, there's at least two or three sections that looked like it sold out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's got a – bottom line, it has a much more appealing look than it did with the, their live shows, again, before the COVID epidemic. Yeah. I can see this being a huge part of it going on regardless once they even start filling up again i can see this still being a part of it or they're gonna have to they'll have to think of something rob to keep it a part of because you know even if it works out the best for them meaning that you know the people will come back and grows because they haven't been able to see it and they'll want to see it i think that's a that's an easy given that this will happen for all businesses football baseball and everything once the people feel comfortable coming back out, right now we, we see that people are comfortable with that. They'd show up right now if they could. There was 2,000 people in boats yesterday, some friggin' Trump rally, you know. Again, yeah. people will do this, you know. Um, so, again, but they're going to have to, when that thing peters down and the people get burned out again, they're going to have to think of something exciting like Thunderdome. Exactly. Uh, and I right now, again, I say it's more exciting then they're just the, the regular fans they have there. It's a cooler look. Oh man, is it ever? You know, I I when I first saw pictures of it, I thought, well, that is an interesting uh, PR campaign right there. Right. Uh, hey, Eric, out there in Sacramento, man, I'm always thinking about you in those fires. Hope everything's going going okay out there. Oh, is there fires in California? Oh, in California, yes. Oh, sorry. He's from Sacramento, man. He said that there was there were ashes and uh, uh, 
Amber's coming right to his front door. Wow. Yeah. Uh, during doing the conventions, um, I got to meet a, a friend now. His name is Jack Stoffer. If you watched the original Battlestar Galactica, that was one of his biggest roles. Uh-huh. And, but he just recently posted pictures where just, I swear to God, it looked like three blocks away. You could see the fires. Right. And they had to evacuate him. Right. It was, I think it was two days ago he got to go home. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's bad out there. To see it that close, that's crazy. Well, um, of course, it didn't help to have the hottest record days of August and September. Uh, now, I think in, by Tuesday, a big cold front comes through up there to cool everything off. But it's hot. It's dry. And um, it's always like that. We know it. We see a lot of fires this time in California. I think they're gone a little longer than they normally go. Um, I think one of the things from last year, from what the fires were, I think the acres of fires got up to four million last year. I think it was the first time that the United States didn't get a chance to put them all out. They just sort of continued. And I think that's why they're so bad this year, along with, you know, the drought and high temperatures. And I think they would throw that under the umbrella of climate change. I I think it is. <laughs> no. That's the thing is, again, I don't want to scare people but man there's something wrong with it you know it's you know it's funny too um i was talking to one of my neighbors and i wasn't trying to argue with him i just said he's a farmer and i said something because you know the river had flooded from here all over up and down there's millions and millions of acres that didn't get planted last year first time ever and he said to me it was the first time he didn't get to plant his whole farm because of the rain and the bad floods and stuff so I said, well, do you believe in climate change? He said, no, Sid, that's just um, what a couple people are saying up there. And I didn't. I said, well, okay, I didn't say anything. So about a month or so after he said that, I was watching uh, something on TV. I, I think it, it might have been Viceland, but it was something about climate change. It was talking about the scientists that are doing that. So they showed the scientists, and it's just a couple of them. <laughs> They're on a boat, right, doing dropping the things in the water and doing all the testing. And that's what the guy said. He goes, he says, I hear this all the time. He says, I'll hear it. They'll so someone to say, Dr. Bob, or his name is, someone told me there's just only a couple people up there saying that. So he showed everybody in the boat. There is only a couple people. There are scientists from NASA. <laughs> yep. They're telling us that. Okay, so, yeah, in actuality, the numbers of people in the world, there is just a handful of people saying it because we don't send thousands of people to study science. There's yeah. not enough scientists out there to do that. Uh, but again, no, there's something wrong out there. Uh, just, um, I hope it, um, the cool thing about this COVID thing is they've seen it. They've seen it from space. It has really slowed the, the uh, pollution and the climate change has backed it down a little bit. So I, I think we've learned that we can do this. You know, yeah. that this code thing might have taught us it. You know, not only do we want to save mankind, but if we don't save the earth, we're not going to save mankind. Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% right on that. Um, Steve posted a story here, and I got to let you hear this. All right. It says, please tell Sid this, my, this story. My first live wrestling event I ever went to was in 1989 in Thibodeau, Louisiana. The main event, Sid versus Lex Luger. And the four horsemen came out and beat up Luger. He says, and my mom ran all the way to the ringside yelling, hey, quitting, hit, quit hitting my man. And my dad almost left her at the arena. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> <years old> then. <laughs> you know, I, 
I remember Thibodeau. I don't. Uh, the, uh, I remember there was a lot of times that we'd all gang up the four horsemen and beat up Lex. But I do remember the Thibodeau show. And this is a question. It, uh, interesting. Did you ever wrestle Harlem Heat in WCW? I don't think so. I know we wrestled together quite a bit. I don't think I ever wrestled against them. No, I did. Yes, we did. Yes, I did. Oh, man. I forgot about this one time. Again, what it was. Oh, man, this business is so stupid. We were in Phoenix, and I was doing that deal on WCW where I couldn't lose. You know, I was having to uh, win all the time. Well, they had uh, me and Kevin Nash, and Phoenix at this time was his hometown. So they had me and Kevin in the main event. And when I was in WCW at the end there, I never saw them with a sold out show. And this was sold out. And when you have a good show like this, you don't want to leave the main event with people with a bad taste. So um, now what should have happened there, Kevin should have just put me over. Um, but he didn't want to. He's, then he put us in a match against me and him to go against Harlem Heat. And I, I, I forgot about it until you mentioned it. And this is what I remember about that night and um, sort of disappointed. I've talked about this once or twice was we were talking about the match, me and Kevin against Harlem Heat, which I think everybody knows I gave them their break in this business. And so we were talking about a finish and I needed to probably go over because I was trying to collect victories to go against Goldberg. And that's what the office was wanting. No exaggeration. Booker T threw the biggest feminine fit I've ever seen in my life. And I'll say that as kind as I can say, a feminine fit. He went off and like, I don't want a bat. And I was just like, whoa, man. Now, put me in a spot in the case almost where I, I want to go into that. I would have said something to him then. I would have said to anything, to anyone in that position, I mean, hey, come on, man, this is a work. You know what I mean? Uh, we're trying to do something here. If, if you want to, again, if you don't want to be a part of something, what we should have done, what I should have done is this. and said, fuck him, fuck the business. I should have just, what I should have done for the business, I should have worked, went out and worked the match like it was advertised, and I should have put Kevin over because that's what the people deserve, okay? But I was in a spot to be able to do that. I was hoping Kevin would have mentioned to do that, but he didn't mention that either. He's the one that said, let's you and me work against Harlem Heat. I would have preferred to just went ahead and put Kevin over. It's a it's, it's not a tape show. No one would have seen it. No, we could have not we could have said it didn't happen. You know? Gotcha. Um, but again, and that would have that would have made everyone happy there that night. Or the other case, if you, you don't put the main event, it's already uh bad taste in the people, then you don't give them a finish either. Those people don't come back and they didn't come back. Um, but that's, I do remember that now that you brought that up. Uh, so then Jacob has this follow up. Uh, who won between you and Kevin Nash or Harlem Heat? You know what? I don't remember. I want to say it was a something stupid like a count out or a double QQ. I don't, a double DQ. I don't think there was a finish. And that's why I was so uh, disappointed in the way Booker acted. He didn't want to do the job for us. Um, I couldn't do the job for them uh, because it didn't make sense, but I could have put Kevin over. Um, and at that point, I wouldn't have put Booker over anyway. First of all, I'm not saying this to be a jerking thing. We're, we're on two different levels, me and Booker, and he should never even be working with me, only two to put me over. At that point in my career, I was getting over. You know, he wasn't. 
Uh, and I was, if anything, at that point in my career, I was in the spot getting pushed to work against what they considered their number one star, Bill Goldberg. They don't, they didn't, and never did consider Booker T uh, their number one star. And this is how that works. Yeah. Well, back then he was a tag team. Like he hadn't hit exactly right. And, and this is something too. I, I like Booker uh, and I love Stevie. I like them both. I, I, I always, I've been honest about that. I, when I brought them in, I thought of Stevie being the bigger money between the two of them. And I saw me and Stevie working in the future because I knew they were going to turn me babyface and WCW. And that's the real reason I brought them in because, and Stevie, in my opinion, is the smarter of the two. He's a little more articulate. Uh, just again, he's just, again, and he's easy to, he's easy to deal with in the business. I've never seen him again, pull a feminine fit like Booker T did. Um, again, I never, you don't do that, you know, not in that position. Well, yeah. Cause your character arc right there was going for the long game. It wasn't just a show decision, no. you know, we were building up for a, a particular blowout and I was going to put bill over in that position. I had, you know, I was going to put him over uh, in that blood match we did, Halloween Havoc, and then put him over in the I Quit match. But, if, if, you know, if they had it lined up. If I put someone over before that, that takes the steam away from that. And, you know, this is a big company, guys, and you just you want to you want to do the best you can for the company. And that's why that I was so disappointed because Booker didn't see the part of the company. And he just got his big raise, I believe, at that point. So he had every reason in the world to want to do business. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from Larry. And I don't know if you know, because we were talking about RoboCop being at that pay-per-view. And it says, does Sid remember who played RoboCop at the Capital Combat pay-per-view? Was it Peter Weller or his stunt double? I don't think you got to see RoboCop. No, I did talk to RoboCop. I think it was, the, I don't remember which one it was. If, if, if both of them were there, I, I forgot about that. So I don't really remember that part of it. Yeah, because Peter Weller was the actor who played him in the show. Right. I know what you're talking about. I yeah. don't think that was the guy because the RoboCop itself was only like four foot tall. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Compared to you guys. Yeah. No, I'm talking about really in real life. The guy was small and the RoboCop itself was a small robot. Uh, it was. A, I think the stunt guy was much smaller than the original actor. Interesting. And I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what the case was. Okay, let's see. This person asked a question way up here and never got to Sean. Uh, it says, hi, Sid from London. Do you keep in contact with HBK? No, I don't. Uh, not that he didn't deserve to be kept in touch with because he's a good guy and everything. It's just, a, you know, in this business, for me, and I think for most of us, you know, even the people that I was really close to, I don't really call and talk to them that much. One, I don't like bothering and bugging people, but you know, me and Sean had a great working relationship. But we were, you know, I was never going to go to Texas and visit him, and I was never going to ask him to come here and visit me. Not that I wouldn't. Not that he wasn't a good enough person to visit with. It's just we just weren't that kind of friends. And Dean, uh, I know he was talking to me earlier today. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, happy 52nd episode, Sid and Rob. I've listened to everyone, and it's been brilliant. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank That's you, great. Dean. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is one year. <laughs> one, one year, man. One year of doing this. Wow. Okay, let me see if I find one more quick question, and then we should wrap this one up. But it's so hard because everybody's asking so many questions, and they go by so fast. And uh, 
Yeah, let's try this one here. Uh, Crew Television Authentic said, Sid, what do you think about the Amy McGrath versus Mitch McConnell race? You know, I don't like Mitch McConnell. Uh, I think he's overrated. You know, the thing is, I'm not sure who Amy, uh, what was her name? Amy McGrath. Yeah. I'm not really sure who she is. I, I do know that um, that Cortez lady, I know they're talking about her quite a bit. Uh, but she, people like that scare me. They look a little too radical. Um, you know, watching that Bernie blackout, I saw her quite a bit on that thing last night. Um, I just honestly, right now, you know, Rob, I've told you and everyone else too, I've always been thinking our president needs to be someone like Colin Powell or uh, George Bush Sr. I'm going to, I'm going to move off that position and I'm going to look for someone that maybe that doesn't have to have a war background or doesn't have to have the whole lot of political background to be a good president. Uh, I'm going to be more open to that. But I still think if we can find someone like that with a little bit of a political background, again, like George Bush Sr., I think we would be smart to vote someone like that in for our next president. I just think it'd be very cool to have an election where you pick the best person, not right. one who's not the worst. No, you don't. You don't pick you know? the one. You, you don't pick someone just because you hate the other person. That's it. Yeah. You know, you just don't do that. Again, I'm hoping that maybe someone is back there secretly, you know, going, God, I wish I'd throw my name in hat. And I am going to next time. Oh, but there is Kanye West. Kanye West. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe we haven't talked about that. We will talk. We haven't heard enough about him. We'll find out. We'll talk about him next week. You got it. All right, here. Let's end on this question right here because this one is so cool. Joe Beck would like to know, who is your favorite gunfighter from the Old West? Joe Beck, kiss my ass. I hadn't heard from you since you came to my house and gave me COVID-19. I know, right? I let the the jerk come to my house, him, his wife, and his mother-in-law. Oh, his mother, not his mother-in-law. I haven't heard from him in six months, which is okay with me. I won't answer your phone call now, but um, what was the question, Ryan? Oh, the gunfighter. I guess, you know, honestly, um, I like Wild Bill Bill Hickok. We all think of Jesse James and Billy the Kid, but, you know, um, this is a true story. I have worked in Springfield, Missouri, you know, a hundred times or so in my life. That is the birthplace of the first street fight in our country. And it was Wild Bill Hickok. And there's a plaque on the street there, right there where the building were that we were working that night. And it said that Wild Bill Hickok killed the first man in a street fight right there at 100 steps. And he shot him right through the heart. Wow. And I seen that in one of these gun, these old uh, West shows. I was up one night watching Billy the Kid and all these ones. And they, they said that about him, Wild Bill Hickok. Now, we all like Wide Earp and stuff like that, but. I don't think Wild Earp killed that many people. Not that that matters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but Wild Bill, Bill Hickok, that's how two people don't realize, Rob, that the probably the toughest and most ruthless outlaws came from the state of Missouri. And that's why we're, I don't know if Wild Bill Hickok was there, but that's where he killed the first man. That's where Billy, the, I think, uh, the Jesse and Frank James was from. Uh, Billy the Kid was from that area. Uh, the, Cole, the younger brothers were from that area. There were a lot of famous outlaws from Missouri. And I'm right there at Missouri. Yeah, you do have your area favorites. That's true. Right. You know, 
Okay. Actually, I, I know that I said that was the last one. We'll bring this one up here because Richard Miller, he said, I just turned on my notifications. Wish I was here earlier. I really enjoy the show. I just asked for a shout out. Please say hi to Richie. Much love. Thank you. Hey, Richie. Shout out. Kiss my ass. No, yes, you should have been here earlier. You should have been here earlier. No, Richie, we're, we're glad you tuned in when you thought you could and when it was you know, convenient for you. Um, but we'll sign off saying kiss our grits. No, <laughs> we're glad you showed up, Richie. We're going to like, we, we'll just bring you up to speed real quick. We told everybody we're going to start talking about other things in the beginning of the show. This week it was politics. Next week it might be music. We're going to try to figure out a few days beforehand to give people an idea. That way they'll have their questions ready. Yeah. We're going to give you the, the chance to do just like Joe Biden. We're going to give you time to prepare your questions and have them ready for us when you come on air. We come on air. Mm -hmm. This way you look like you know what you're doing. We don't need to help. We do. We know what we're doing. And if you have a good topic or point, maybe we'll bring you right on the show. Right. Now, I've been dying to use this. Um, there's my favorite radio station. It's called The Weevil 89.9. One of my favorite, um, this jockey, he's dead. His name is Bashful Bob. And one of the really cool things he talks about, because there's no commercials on that station, he'll go, let me uh, let me pull up old, one of these electronic letters. That's the email. So <laughs> now, next week, I'm going to pull up electronic letter and, and, and uh, answer one of the questions off the electronic uh, letters next week. There so you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that phrase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal some shit from Bashful Bob. <laughs> electronic letters. Electronic letters. I'm going to read one of those for y'all next week. I love it. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Good deal. This was good. So everybody remember, tune in next time. Sundays seem to be pretty good, but we'll definitely yeah. know when. Yeah, for sure. All right. In that case, have a great night, y'all. Good night, everyone. Thanks for showing up and look forward to talking to y'all next time. What's going on? Oh, wrong button. <laughs> okay. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Trebleco.